We welcome you back to the Sweet Home PCB studio here in Panama City Beach, Florida. My name is Henry Brigman, and on this episode, we'll be talking to Chief Meteorologist Chris Smith from WJHG News Channel 7 here in Panama City Beach, Florida, talking about rip currents, why Panama City Beach is not the world's most dangerous beach, as some have said before in the news, and some laughs along the way. This episode was recorded on July 3rd, so if you hear us talk about July 4th, then it's late. That's the reason why. So let's get it all started right now. We are in the News Channel 7 studio right now with Chief Meteorologist Chris Smith. And Chris, we've had some crazy few weeks lately when it came to the beginning of hurricane season, the problems with all the rip currents and people ignoring the red flags. I know that you've done some homework or, well, Dan's done a little bit to help you out with that. But put a hole in some of the headlines that we've seen of recent. Panama City Beach, the most dangerous beach in the world. Yeah, thanks, Fox News. That is not true, by the way. Actually, we had more fatalities another year, not this year. How many did we have over that one week? It was like about seven in our general area? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, seven. And then there was, let's see, one or two in Okaloosa. And I think two or three over in Walton counties. Definitely a high number. You know, more than, I mean, anything more than one or zero is, you know, not good. But, you know, it's one of those things that people are going to be people and they're going to, uh, they're going to do what they want to do, whether, you know, knee high is too high, you know, double red flags, it's closed. Well, every single one of those, I believe, was on red or double red. I think it was yellow for Ryan Mallett over in Okaloosa County. And there weren't any rip currents present at the time there so there may have been something else that was going on with that i don't mm-hmm. i don't know i haven't heard anything but uh the way the sheriff was talking was kind of like this wasn't a rip current issue i mean it was obviously a drowning issue but you know there's other factors that can lead to that but that was obviously the one that got a lot of the headlines but dan did a lot of this legwork like looking at the numbers because in the end you know how does it average out over time and you know one of the tough things you have is that you know drownings aren't super common you get peaks and valleys as we look back over the years you saw like this you know change like one year there would be one then there would be a bunch and then there would be you know none and you need to have a, a good data set of cases essentially in order to maybe draw some conclusions uh, just because it is a kind of rare act. And, you know, I think we could smooth out the data even more if we had like good data on like water rescues and things like that. But all we have right now are drownings. Bay County is number one in the state for drownings. They started keeping these statistics back in 1996. I think the Panhandle was 96 as well. Anyway, so not a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, guess it's getting to be a long time. It's my whole career, basically. 27 years now, here we are, of, of data. But, you know, Bay County's had 61, okay? And you're like, I think what people are trying to conclude is that it's because we don't have a lot of lifeguards. That's why. And I'm not 100% sure that the data backs that up. Now, I'm not, to be honest, sure which counties have lifeguards, which ones don't. How far apart are they spaced? That's, you know, another issue. I mean, one of the drownings that in Bay County was at Boardwalk Beach Resort, okay? And they have, at least supposed to have a lifeguard there. They're the one through the station's investigative work. They found out that uh, this partnership that they were trying to get to happen for uh, 
you know, where they go in together, I guess, you know, and have lifeguards. That's kind of what they're hoping to do, team up with condos and resorts and stuff like that. Well, the only one that's doing is boardwalk, and that's where one of the drownings happened to be. Mm -hmm. But I think when you look at the numbers, let's see, Bay County was number one, Walton County was number three, Franklin County was number 20, Gulf County was number 16, Okaloosa County was number 13. So they were all kind of spaced out. In different areas. Now you can go and look and say, okay, well, and this is per 100,000 people. Now, per 100,000 residents, not how many people actually are visiting at the time. That makes a difference. It does make a difference. Unfortunately, the only data we have is per resident. Now, the panhandle is going to be a little skewed because we probably have the highest change from what's our population to what it becomes. Mm. Whereas, you know, Miami-Dade is Miami-Dade. It's a big, it's big no matter when, you know, I mean, it changes, but I think you'd be looking at a much smaller percent, you know, what Panama City Beach has, you probably know better than me, but probably under 20,000. Yes, under 20,000. Yeah. I mean, it's grown by leaps and bounds. I remember it used to be like 13,000 or something small, but, or even smaller, but, you know, so we'll say under 20,000 residents and then we get 100,000 visitors, you know, so now you're looking at five times. Well, I guarantee you Miami Beach, the change in population with tourists Mm -hmm. is a fraction of the population and not, you know, five times the population. So it's difficult to draw a lot of conclusions is kind of what my point is because of the lack of data. It's not a ton of years, not a ton of drowning incidents. And you say, what do you mean? Well, there've been, I think, 461 in the state since 1996. Well, that averages out to be about 17 a year. Is that a lot? Well, one of those families, yes. But overall for numbers, not really. When you look at the number set. When you look at how many people are coming, you know, how many visitors are there every year that are getting in the Gulf or the Atlantic? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 17 isn't honestly that big of a number, I don't think. And again, this is not to be harsh or anything because these are people's lives. But when you're just looking at the numbers, 17 is not a lot. Now, that's in the whole state. Now, obviously, this year we're pushing, you know, close to half that just in our county, you know, so this year does seem to be on the on the higher side. And I think part of that could be, you know, just weather, you know, where we've been kind of stuck in this weather pattern that was favorable to rip currents. Uh, And then you, you know, you combine in the fact that, you know, it was hot and dry. So it was probably more tempting to get in the water. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, well, you can have a lot of rip currents when there's, say, a hurricane, but no one's going in the water because it's way too rough, you know, or there's a storm coming. The weather's not good, but when it's hot and relatively dry, it's a whole different story. So people are going to be tempted to get in the water. And I think that's probably a lot of what what we ran into is uh, just a bad um just a bad case of you know circumstances and then you know people just not paying attention you know in reality you know who are all these people drowning not locals it's not to say locals haven't drowned heck Mm -hmm. locals have drowned by trying to save people they've gone in it you think about like our messaging here at the tv station is you know people relatively speaking when you're on vacation unless you're a weather nut or a news nut you're probably not watching us. You know, you're on vacation. You're you're here to escape, not watch local news. Me pounding my chest about do this, do that, you know, probably not going to do a whole lot of good. I think the key thing is you know, the messaging at the resort level as to what the conditions are. 
But in the end, I don't think it matters. I think the people are going to do what they're going to do. It doesn't matter if you say, hey, knee high is too high or if the water is closed. Now, law enforcement can be a bit of a deterrent. But as we saw plenty of times, law enforcement, heck, they find that one guy for refusing to get out of the water. And he was a local. You know, all these people, hey, he's from Georgia. No, no, he was a local. And we actually saw him actually throw that little boogie board at the deputy. I mean, that's just, <sighs> I don't know. It was like... <sighs> count a hundred ways to be stupid and it was but the guy got caught he got his fine and whatever else yeah i'll let i'll let the news department worry about that part we'll we'll worry about the weather and the effects of here we're talking to chris smith news channel 7 chief meteorologist all these rip currents all these drownings that we've had try to have you understand a little bit more about the goings on last year we talked about hurricane season we talked about how different things were this year is different than that yeah i mean it's all every year is different and there's so many things that we can dive into you know one of the things uh dan was looking at was you could see a little bit of a correlation with um the year after beach renourishment and that was something that was kind of interesting didn't even think about that yeah well i mean you're kind of playing with the coastline a little bit you're changing Mm -hmm. the sand it's not maybe going to be as compact now I'm not saying that renourishment led to this by any stretch because there's not enough data. But we did notice there were spikes the year following beach renourishments. Now, thing is, like, I think this is something for somebody, you know, some kind of uh, person at a university to study where they have the time to do it and go through county by county. When did they do renourishment? Did they do renourishment? Is there enough? Because, again, you're talking about renourishment isn't common and you're talking about drownings, which are not super common so you're not having a lot of data points to say aha that's what it is uh but i think it's something that could be worth someone some college student doing a little bit of digging on it'd be interesting doesn't mean that you shouldn't renourish beaches but maybe we need to be more careful if that's the case but that was just something that we saw in the data that we did see the last three times there were peaks the year after and it's like well In my head, I can argue that, but I mean, there's simply just not enough to know for sure. We broke it out and we have drownings per 100,000 residents. And then we also did it by miles of coastline because that has a factor too. Bay County had 9%. Look at Hillsborough County was at 11.5%. Okay. So Miami-Dade was 10.3%. So you can break it down of drownings per miles of beach. And so that's one of the things Dan did. And, you know, you have big cities, municipalities, and I'd be much more willing to bet that there's a more robust uh, lifeguard system in Hillsborough County, Miami-Dade, Broward. Uh, these are some of the higher count. Well, OK, so Broward is 9.9 and Bay County is at 9.1. Hillsborough is 11.5 as far as the percent of drownings. So, you know, we have other areas that have you know, probably more robust lifeguard systems, you know, and look at Walton County has lots of lifeguards. Yes. Now, again, there's questions, you know, how many, what's the spread of lifeguards in Walton County versus say Miami-Dade? Like when I was a kid, I went to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware all the time because we lived up north and like you could literally like, it was a short run between lifeguard stands. They had a whole flag system and all that kind of stuff. So they were packed pretty close together, you know, in Walton County. And by comparison, you can't see generally 
differently from one lifeguard to another. So they're much more spread out, but still there are a lot more than what there are, say, in Bay County. You look at the numbers and the percentages, you know, aren't a ton different, say, for Walton County and Bay County. So one has lifeguards, one has a lot fewer lifeguards, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think in the end, it's just people needing to be smart, you know, and people are taking risks and unfortunately paying the price. I think that in the end, the argument is, you know, the risks that they bring upon other people from first responders having to go in and get them or even like locals. I mean, I assure you, I'm a pretty good swimmer and it blows my mind. I don't understand how, like, it's just difficult for me to imagine drowning. Uh, Because I'm a good swimmer, but I know it happens. But it's just so hard to fathom. And it would be interesting if you're ever in that situation. But if I saw someone in trouble out in the water, I'm going to go get them. That's not, I'm not going to stand and walk. Now, maybe that's going to be to my own detriment. Mm -hmm. It's happened to other people. Mm -hmm. But I think in the end, it comes back to personal responsibility and what they're willing to, you know, what their risks are willing to take. And unfortunately, I don't think they know. But on the other hand, again, when you start looking at the numbers, you're looking at, on average, in the state, 17 drownings a year, which, again, I don't think is a lot when you consider the millions of people that are getting in the Gulf and the Atlantic every single year. Doesn't mean we can't do things better. We shouldn't do things better, but people are going to do what they're going to do. And I think the best you can do is educate them what to do if they do get in trouble, you know, escaping a rip current and not swimming against it. Like, especially if you're in a condo, man, pretty easy to pick out a rip current when you're at an elevated position. It's a little harder when you're down Mm -hmm. at water's level. But, you know, a lot of the people, at least in Panama City Beach, are coming from an elevated position because they're in one of those condo towers and stuff like that. And I think helping people with those make more educated decisions, but then also knowing what to do like I have zero doubt that I would not panic if I got caught in a rip current because like I know what to do. I feel very comfortable in doing that. You know, it's shoot, it's like tornadoes. You know, it's like I feel comfortable if there was a tornado coming that I'm going to get into the best place, the safest place to keep me and my family safe and that the outcome will probably be okay. Doesn't mean it's not scary. But I at least have the knowledge of, you know, what to do. And I think that's probably the the biggest thing is educating the visitors. I think the locals know for the most part what to do, but it's the visitors. Those are the people that are drowning and are less familiar with the potential risks. And especially if it doesn't look bad. Because it's very deceiving. The Gulf is very deceiving. It's not your lake. It's not your river that you're used to back at home. And you're looking at big, you 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 know, when it's dangerous for there to be big waves. Yeah. Yes. Unless there's a hurricane, we don't have a lot of big waves or a storm in the Gulf. Like our waves are relatively manageable usually. At least they they look like it. It doesn't look as intimidating. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's where people kind of like put their guard down. You know, I think, you know, it was just interesting when you looked at the numbers and we have these talks in the newsroom about how are we covering stories and stuff like that. And I think in the end, you know, the numbers don't lie that this year is a bad year here in the panhandle. But when you smooth that out over time, it's difficult to draw conclusions that, you know, this area is particularly more deadly than other parts of the state. You have other parts of the state more populated that have lifeguards and have just as many deaths or drownings per mile of beach than, you know, than we do up here. That's a huge point. And we'll talk more about this in just a moment. You're listening to Sweet Home PCB. 
Stream the greatest hits everywhere you go. You make my stream come true. With the Beach 95.1 app on Beach 95.1. Over the past few weeks, it has been very busy in the weather center here at News Channel 7. When you were out in Arizona, there was a lot of severe weather here. And of course, a lot of rip currents. and had all that stuff going on. The severe weather started before I left and I wasn't upset about having to leave. I was about done with it and the you know the guys had Saturday, Sunday, well Friday was rough, Saturday and Sunday. So Thursday was my last show and then that Friday was rough. Saturday and Sunday were a modicum rough, but then Monday was really bad because that's when you had the tornado that came in over there near Sandestin and everything. And the whole thing was crazy because I'm literally on the rim of the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. just right there. And I'm like texting the guys and posting to Facebook and, you know, doing the stuff you can. It was kind of like really cool, but then also like annoying because like it's just proof of you're at the Grand Canyon. You're still not escaping your job. You know, you can still be involved at that remote of an area. But yeah, it's been very, very busy. Thankfully, after that, things have kind of quieted down a little bit and it's been hot and dry since you know also too we've seen the the drownings have come down now that the gulf is kind of settled and the storms and everything and so i think a lot of it was really just kind of that pattern that we were in and we had a lot more of a side shore current and mm-hmm. i think that's prone to helping open up some of those uh, rips and things like that when you have that stronger west to east flow or an east to west flow you know you notice it a little bit more when you get in the gulf and especially as you have that flow it's going to move you in the water more and it can move you from an area that's at one point safe to an area that's not as safe getting you into one of those rips and then it just you know takes you out uh, deeper into the gulf you know it looks like at least right now we're settling into maybe more of a typical summertime pattern and so you know hopefully that that continues here through the fourth this week, obviously the busiest week of the year. And, you know, a lot of folks gang in the water. But right now, it looks like it's, you know, we should see fairly decent conditions or somewhat safe conditions in comparison to what it was like just a couple weeks ago. We were thinking hurricane season wouldn't be that active. Of course, it got active a little bit, but mm-hmm. it was really in, a, in an area where there was no way it was going to affect us because of so much shear and so much instability. This was just like when they looked at the seasonal forecast, they said there's two things. One, it could be one of the stronger El Ninos we've ever had. El Nino is a shear producer, really inhibits tropical development. But there's been a lack of Saharan dust coming off of Africa. Uh, without that dust present, it's allowing the Atlantic to be just insanely warm. So you have these two things that are contradictory of one another. Hot, hot Atlantic, abnormally hot. But then also you have what we could be heading into with one of the stronger El Ninos, which creates shear. That's exactly what we saw with those first mm-hmm. few systems which was they got developing in an area that they really probably shouldn't be developing yet in the season. But that's where it's really hot right now. And with the lack of Saharan dust, it was favorable. And so they did develop, but they all just got sheared apart once they got closer. And it was that same shear because of the storminess that we were seeing here. Now, it'll be interesting to see because typically in an El Nino year, we see, we'll see a lot of severe weather here across the South because of the jet stream 
It adds a lot more energy. And so we expect that though more towards the wintertime, but we've already seen that much mm-hmm. earlier with an active southern branch of the jet stream, which gave us the severe weather, which is obviously not good. It also certainly protected us from any tropical weather. And that may be the case as we move through the season. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, you know, weather isn't static, so the jet stream can change and storms can still form and affect us. But I don't, I think that was a good show of exactly what was going on. Hot water creating storms early, but then bam, abnormal shear just wiping them out just like that. Cannot predict hurricane season to the exact moment. And that's the thing that people don't quite understand when it comes to forecasting. There's a lot of variables in every single moment of the day. Every scenario. Where is the ridge? Where is the trough? How does that set up? You know, and a little bit this way. And that's when a storm forms and that storm's coming right for you. Bermuda high, a little bit east, fish storm, fish storm, fish storm, you know, Mm -hmm. or you get those years like, you know, 2004, 2005, where there's just one after another into the Gulf, you know, so just a lot of it's just kind of luck. Most of it is like you can see indications a little bit ahead of time, something will form. You have to get much closer to like, you know, how big is it going to be? Is it going, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. And, you know, obviously you have to get a little bit closer for that to have a good idea. What kind of storm is it going to be? Where is it going to go? But, you know, so far, which is not unusual that, you know, we've been pretty lucky here so far this year. We'll see what happens. But, you know, hopefully I'll take the hot water with those storms getting sheared apart. Um you know, so we'll uh, we'll see in the end. We have a long way to go. It only takes one to have a bad hurricane. Exactly. Season. You've emphasized that quite a bit over yeah, the years. It, and it's so true. It is. It You know, Hurricane Andrew, 1992 was a quiet hurricane season. And you started your career with a hurricane. Yeah, 1992, Hurricane Andrew, that was my first day of college at FSU for meteorology. So was it a quiet hurricane season? You know? Were many storms, but ask the people in South Florida. Yeah, I remember that, uh, having to talk about it and cover it for a South Georgia radio station at the time. Yeah, we can, if you're wondering, yes, we've known each other pretty much his entire career. You, me, and Nisa. We've all been together <laughs> forever and ever. And we all came to Panama City Beach at you know, different yes. times, different decades, but we all came here and love it here. Absolutely. I would say the one thing about here, besides the Bay County hospitality, which we all know is even better than Southern hospitality, I mean, it takes it like a hundred times up. Our weather is, you know, you might think is pretty much the same all the time, but it really isn't. There's a lot of little nuances as to what goes on. And, you know, there are times that, you know, it's it's like baseball. Okay. At least as a forecaster, there are times that, man, that baseball just looks like, you know, it's like a kickball size. Like there's no mm-hmm. way I'm going to miss hitting that ball. And then there's other times that, man, it'll just drive you nuts. It can get really challenging, and especially because, you know, people want to know, is it going to rain? Well, shoot, look at the radar on a given day, you know, and look at, it looks like chicken pox. Yeah. You know, and that can be that can be a bit of a challenge. So it's it's a fun place to live. It's challenging with the weather, but uh, yeah, it's it's not as boring as you would as you would think. 
Yeah, the folks that say, you know, you just open the window and you can see what the weather is. That was a joke years ago from friends of ours that, you know, from a generation before on the air uh, that we love and miss. You know, Bill Powell, Gil Patrick, uh, folks like that here in Georgia. And, of course, we've had a few of those right here at News Channel 7 over the years. And they knew exactly what they were doing and what they were talking about. But they were also pretty much characters at that time. It's, It's a different state because I think about it from when I left Macon to go to Augusta in 2005 and 41 was calling me to talk about filling in for weather. This is going to be great. I finally had this chance to do the weather on TV. I'm so happy that I'm going to make Chris proud. Well, guess what happens? I get end up with bronchitis and then I get a call from Clear Channel with a contract to go work in Augusta. So it's like, I really don't want to do this. So we won't worry about it. There's my opportunity to do weather on TV. That's the reason why I'm so passionate about the weather on the radio these days. It affects every single person every single day. There's very few things that do that. That in real estate. <laughs> so I got a double whammy of that. And prices. Lord have mercy. I feel sorry for some of those folks trying to just buy groceries for. We're recording this, by the way, on the actual 3rd of July. You know, it's kind of quiet at the moment. Thankfully, fireworks will be starting you know, behind us not too long from now. That's right. We're going to swing the uh, tower ca- cam around down there towards. I think I can get boardwalk. But yeah, tomorrow night's a special. I'm actually working on the 4th of July. I I gave the other kids uh, the evening off, but this is a special place on the 4th of July. It's a lot of fun. I just tell them, like, just go down to the beach. You don't need to go anywhere special. Just walk down to the beach, look left, look right. And it's just nothing but fireworks for two, three hours. (laughs) All along. You know, because I was thinking about it. And, you know, from my backyard, you see Upper Grand Lagoons. Stuff. You, you see over near Treasure Island, you know, folks outside that condo doing the fireworks. And then you just go out to the beach, whether it's schooners or go toward Boardwalk or Shores or mm. the City Pier, County Pier. You're going to see fireworks. Yeah. It's just going to be fireworks galore. Panama City Beach does not celebrate any holiday without fireworks. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing we don't do, obviously, is Memorial day i have not been surprised that we haven't done christmas yet i'm waiting to see that have we not i think we came close we did new year's but yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's true that's true by that time that's so late in the in the night after your newscast you you're not going to remember (laughs) (laughs) poor chris i tell you we celebrate here a lot and we love fireworks. We love having a good time. And that's really one of the reasons what brought us here to the panhandle, you know, besides the need of well, feeding our income. Because like <laughs> it's small. But yeah, because of the tourists, as much yeah. as we want to vent and complain from time to time, you know, we do get a lot because of it. For a town that has 20,000 residents, yeah. you know, 20,000 resident towns like might be lucky to have a couple drive through restaurants and, you know, and mm-hmm. Applebee's. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Your wife is probably like mine. You know, we start thinking about, man, there's so many people on the road. It's like, you know. You're part of the reason why it's there. For me, it's because I'm in real estate, bring, you know, selling these condos. You know, you're off there selling the panhandle. Yeah, you're going to get some tourists over here. I'm sorry, it's going to happen. For you, you're telling about how beautiful it is over here. And they're seeing it all worldwide on WGHG.com and on the app. And the uh, weather app, by the way, if you haven't downloaded it yet, you need to because we do have more storms that can happen down the road. And, of course, that is the best app to have. After all, you are the local weather authority. Yeah, you look at those tower cameras and you throw them on the news every night. Life does not stink. 
we've, we've got it nice. I mean, looking at that sunset, what in the world? Why would you not want to live here? Yep. You know, there's a lot of folks out there enjoying it this evening. Down there watching the sunset every night into the Gulf. Pretty nice. Could you imagine years ago when we were both in Macon, Georgia, downtown, that we'd be sitting here talking about the sunset in Panama City Beach <laughs> and have so much passion for it? Yo, I know. It, it, it's crazy. Like, I probably didn't know until, I don't know, my parents bought a house in South Walton back in 2001. So we were kind of already hooked a little bit to the area. But I mean, it's like, well, how's it going to work? How am I ever going to make enough money to live here? You know, it's the beach, so it's not exactly cheap you know and so how is that going to happen and eventually it did happen i got a phone call and jason kelly said hey i think i'm going to leave you want the job mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> it's like let's do it god bless them i tell you there's so much great talent that's come through this newsroom and, it, and really for me i've only been here since like 2017 i'm in awe because it's just like you know, going through WMAZ and Macon, you know. A lot of those folks, too. Yeah. They, you have a lot of history here. And still we have people, you know, I'm not calling Scott old, but let's face it. <laughs> he has the most experience of it, just about anybody on the air these days. For him to have that excitement of the Billfish Oh, I know. Tournament. That was a fun weekend. I don't know if you got down there. It was the first time I've ever really been involved in it. You know, I got out there two nights to do weather. Then I took family down Saturday night to see the weigh-in. It was fun. It was a nice atmosphere. Like, you know, you could feel like there was a good energy about it and everyone was having a good time. I, we had a good time. Kids said they had a blast. Hard not to have a blast with that. I mean, it's just yeah. the crowd was just so much different. Different from your average, you know, concert yeah. or whatever, because here you were seeing these folks bring in the big fish and getting the big checks and all that. And you were happy for them. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the winning boat was out of Linhaven or won the most money. It was, I forget, 279000 or something like that. But on the other hand, you know, I like walking around like Wednesday before the boats leave and you look around and like, good Lord, what did these people do? Because mm -hmm. they're not a weatherman. Yeah, but think about it. When you were <laughs> four or five years old, looking at all those boats, you probably had the same in awe feeling as you oh had this God. weekend. It, I'm in awe now. It's like, what do these people do? Like, these boats are incredible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are from around here. That's the amazing part. Yeah, I know. Good for them. And this is a great place to fish. Oh, it is. I'm going out Saturday. Going go snapper fishing Saturday. Well, I went out this past Saturday before with my son. Great thing to do around here is like all the outdoor stuff. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden a friend calls you up, says, hey, my dad can't go. Do y'all want to come? Because I mean, you all want you want to put numbers in the boat <laughs> to snapper a person. So exactly. Doesn't, doesn't matter if you were first, second or third or fourth choice. You know, that's still supper. You got to get. Yes. I want a trip. I want a fishing trip. Now, I'm saying this, and one of my oldest friends here with bait, fishing, and all that, top prize last year, one of the, our events. I haven't gone yet. I have till October. And it's like, do it. I need to do it before snapper season's over. Well, you got not long. <laughs> the rest of the month. And then, well, I tell you what, you got those weekends that you can do this fall. That might be a good time to do it because they have those extended like weekends. Uh, they start, I have them in my calendar here. Hold on. It's, um, this is terrible radio, but I'm okay. Uh, October, okay. October 6th. So Friday, October 6th, and then every weekend through uh, Thanksgiving. So there you go. So you, you, you said you have till the end of October. Yep. So there you go. You, you have any weekend in October. 
Pick a date. I would pick Dan to go, to go with me. Dan's itching to go. But he bought his house from somebody else, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's an old realtor joke. Don't worry. Dan's a good guy. That, that's the tough thing down here is uh, everybody's a realtor. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Even, be- even like, before you, you knew I came. What do you do for a living other than uh, being a realtor? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what you have to ask. But they're probably, I would almost say, half the population of Florida that has a real estate license. It wouldn't surprise me. And then the other half want to be on radio or TV at some point. <laughs> Thank the good Lord sometimes for the uh, Telecommunications Act of 1996 that they're not. But not now because I get to go enjoy listening to this podcast back. Can edit again. <laughs> yes. It's not that simple. It's not like live, the benefits of live radio where you're, once it's out there, it's done. Unfortunately, you got editing. You got to piece this thing together, splice it, dice it, fix my audio levels. Got to make sure you sound good. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Donna Bell. I'm afraid of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And on that note, you're listening to Sweet Home PCB. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate you being on with us. And final thoughts during this season? Everyone just kind of stay safe. Use common sense. But again, I think it's our visitors that are the ones that just need to take a extra precautions just be careful be vigilant but also too to the locals to help educate the people coming into town because i think that those are the ones that are most susceptible to rip currents those are going to be the people that are most susceptible to storms and hurricanes and stuff like that because they're not familiar you know some of the hazards It'd be like us moving to california and going through an earthquake i won't I, mean, I wouldn't know anything about it yeah i don't know anything about it other than i think you're supposed to get underneath like a doorway or something like that that's about the extent of it or a desk and well yeah. you can't do it in your studio either got that glass top you know. <laughs> what were our owners thinking or in my case my wife i want to give special thanks to meteorologist dan nyman for getting all the information together with meteorologist chris smith from wjhg getting us all those details and maybe a little more understanding of what's going on with our weather not only that the rip currents panama city beach is not the world's most dangerous beach in fact it's the most beautiful beach and there's a whole much to you enjoy you just got to be a little educated about what's going on with rip currents that's so extremely important we want you to come here and come back often this podcast is produced by beach 95.1 and we're broadcasting here from our studio at keller williams success realty anima city beach florida our next episode anything goes i've got a couple guests that's going to join me and we're going to talk about anything and everything so you definitely want to listen out for that it's going to be fun you're listening to sweet home pcb 